0: Hello! Welcome to the LibroCube! Uh, My name is Jordan Maywood and I am the lackadaisical LibroCuber-less. Let's start the program! Actually, no, wait. Well, yes, although technically starting, there's a few things we have to get out of the way. Like saying, there will be spoilers, most likely. It's not a 100% chance of spoilers, but because sometimes it's easier to spoil things than to not, when talking of them, uh, I will go the easy route. Because, well, it's easy. A-, a doy, you might say. Not even just toy, A doy. Another thing I like to say at the top of every show is that, if you like what you hear, the only payment I ask is a million dollars. Oh, that's silly. The only payment I ask is perhaps you pass the podcast on to a friend, perhaps. You rate, subscribe, and comment within iTunes because those are things that are good for podcasts, and this is one. Okay, so uh, we're going to push a button and that will start us officially, Lily. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rough you some things. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Facehugger Makeup Company Limited, which is of course a division of Wayland Utani. Okay, so uh, similar to the last two, this will be the third uh, week I'm going to try to fit in these movies, no matter what. Uh, I think I'm more likely to this time because I've only brought back four. Hmm, maybe I'm learning from my past mistakes. Maybe the fact that I'm rambling on and wasting time means I have not learned. Fucking idiot. Movie the first, The Imitation Game. Ah, award, many award nominated and possibly a win winning of some sort. At least I assume. That's kind of an assumption, actually. Uh, let me read the Imda uh, During World War Two mathematician Alan Turing tries to crack the Enigma code with help from fellow mathematicians. Okay, so we got this super smart genius type who got his hand uh, through the British government on a device that the Nazis used to codify all their messages flying through the air. So, um, if they can crack this machine, uh, this... Uh, What was it called? Uh, I forget what it was called. Duh. Adoy, again. Uh, If they could crack this code, they'll be able to uh, decipher the Nazi messages, uh, which basically... Uh, for all intents and purposes or some intents and purposes will allow them to win the war. So uh, because of a mathematician, you can't say with 100% certainty that if this had not have happened, if this code had not been broken, that the war would not have been uh, lost by the Nazis, but uh, it certainly didn't hurt, which is kind of a nice thought that uh, brains over brawn potentially was the the turning point of the war interesting uh benedict cumberbatch stars as alan turing uh we've got uh, kira knightley who uh i was like as a sort of uh she plays someone named joan clark this is something i didn't look into and i'm now curious about uh was there actually a woman involved a woman mathematician involved with this um, it, it seems like back in these times, uh, a woman, and, and they do illustrate this in the movie, would not be allowed to even be involved in such a thing. So, mm, I wonder if they added that for movie purposes or it actually happened. I should look into it, but I didn't. Movie the second, Alien. Yes. Oh, uh, what am I going to give? See, I almost forgot to give a rating. Uh, Imitation Game, i go solid 4-ish out of 5. Yeah, 4-ish. Fourish, Alien, on the other hand, 5 out of 5. Love this movie. Been a while since I saw it. Uh, watched it almost more for the purposes of the misses had never seen any of the Alien movies. Other than, I know we've watched some Alien vs. Predator stuff before, but never saw the original, which shocked me. So I had to remedy it. Uh, she liked it. I loved it. If you haven't seen the movie Alien, come on. Get to uh, Get in the game. Uh, I'm not going to spend too much time on it. Because, as I say, trying to fit all these movies in. Uh, Next we have a sorta, kinda sorta, kinda sorta double feature-ish thing. Uh, I've got Get Shorty and Be Cool. Uh, One came out in 1995 and one came out in 2005. I actually didn't realize it was ten whole years between these two movies. Uh, These two movies are both good Um, they're hard to, um, they star, uh, John Travolta, who plays Chili Palmer, who is a former mafia dude who, uh, in the first movie gets into the movie business and the second movie gets into the, uh, music business and, uh, it's comedy. It almost has a sort of heist movie feel to it, but there's not really much of a heist going on. Um, they're good, but they're not great. (laughs) Rating-wise, it's almost hard to split these movies apart and give each uh, individual rating. So I won't, because as I mentioned earlier, if things are hard, I often don't do them. Um, I'd seen these before... And thinking of them before I watched them, I probably would have given them a four. Now that they're sort of more fresh in my mind, i probably maybe go lower to a three, which, as you know, means I enjoyed watching them while watching them, but probably wouldn't watch them again. Um, As the years pass and I look back, maybe that'll change. I don't want to revisit them again, but right now, that's where I stand. Mission accomplished. Today's television talk sponsor is masking tape that comes in various scents. Hmm, yes, thank you for that. Okay, uh, I have some, uh, a little difference. Television, sure, but miniseries. Oh, don't get too much uh, nowadays in the way of miniseries, I feel like. I, I feel like that's more of something that happened more in the past. Uh that being said, uh, when they do come around and they do look interesting, I have jumped on them and brought them back. What was the last one? It was like a sci-fi one. That one was pretty good. Uh this one, not sci-fi at all. It's called uh, Olive Kitteridge. Uh it stars Francis Francis McDormott and Richard Jenkins for the most part. Uh I'm also looking at the like sort of title card for it. Um, it's almost a poster, I guess you could say. Uh, it, it says it also stars Bill fucking Murray. Now, uh, I'm going to say uh, interesting up and down things here of of that fact. Uh, I watch everything Bill Murray ever does, ever. I'm not going to throw a period at the end of that because I've never seen the movie Garfield. Uh, I think that's the only movie of his I haven't seen. Anyway, so when I saw he was in this, I'm like, yes. Now, uh, after watching the uh, four parts, uh, one hour each, that this was broken up into, I could say he's barely, if at all, in any of them with the exception of the last one, and even that, his part is not huge. So, uh, I don't know if I feel bamboozled that I watched this for the reason that it had Bill Murray in it, only to find out he was barely in it, at least in a quarter of it. Yeah, that's probably a way. Less than a quarter of this he appears in. I I think I might classify it as. Anyways, so that that on one degree is upsetting. Now, let's go up again and say, despite that fact, this is an incredibly good uh, miniseries. You've got ups, downs, laughs, cries. Francis McDormand, just incredible. Uh, Richard Jenkins... I don't think I've ever seen him in anything. I haven't enjoyed it. <coughs> Let me see if I can get you a little description here. Mini uh, miniseries based on the novel. Oh, I didn't realize that. Uh, United States... Premise. Uh, Olive Kitteridge is a misanthropic and strict, but well-meaning... Retired school teacher who lives in the fictional seaside town of Crosby, Maine. She's married to Henry Kitteridge, a kind, considerate man who runs a pharmacy downtown. And has a troubled son named Christopher who grows up to be a podiatrist. For 25 years, Olive has experienced problems of depression, bereavement, jealousy, and friction with family members and friends. That's a very good uh, uh, description uh, on the old Wikipedia page. It sort of encapsulates it as well. Uh, Each episode will have a sort of main plot point, uh, usually involving all of uh, interacting with people in a way that is antisocial feeling for the most part. You could tell that quite often, and this is where um, Frances McDormand is pretty incredible, where she can on the one hand be just a really horrible person to someone and then in the next moment have you feeling sorry for her because you could tell that deep down she feels bad for the things she does and says and that it's it's almost a personality flaw that she wishes she could probably uh fix and address and be a quote-unquote normal person but uh, it's just not gonna happen So, uh, really incredible performance by her. Uh, Rating-wise, despite the Bill Murray uh, uh, bait and switch, (laughs) uh, I will say a definite five out of five, and would highly recommend. Uh, The part when Bill Murray is in, and here's one thing I will spoil: uh, he comes in and sort of after the after the death, yeah, after the death of Richard Jenkins. Oh, spoiler. I won't say how he died. How about that? Um, He comes in, does an amazing job, as he always does, just period. Full stop. Today's book banter sponsor is Fantasy Novel Perpetual Winter Heating in Air. Thank you. Okay, so finally, and I do apologize for this, Stone of Farewell. Book number two of the Memory, Sorrow, and Thorn trilogy by Mr. Tad Williams. These books are amazing. Period. Period. Not full stop, because I still have some minutes to talk about these. Uh, yeah, uh, they're long, though. They're The first one was 800, this was not quite 800, so they're taking me a little longer than a quote-unquote, well, what's a normal book, right? Um, taking me a little longer than a 400-page book. Probably twice as long, if you do the math. Uh so I've had to fill some book banters uh as I most likely will be doing next week with things other than actual books that I am reading so uh I feel a little guilt on that on the other hand, this is a free podcast that I do from uh my home f- more for myself than anyone else, so fuck off eh. <laughs> uh... Okay, so uh, just in a... (laughs) These books are good. Oh boy. Uh, Yeah, uh, sort of as predicted as I assumed from the first paragraph of this book. It was something I was really going to get into. uh, And that trend has not changed. Um, Something I sort of feel that... This was a. This very rarely happens where I had a thought of what I was going to say <laughs> on the podcast. Normally, I just let it fly, but uh, but I had a thought. I think yesterday of of something I wanted to say, so I'm going to say it now. So just prepare yourself for a pre thought thought. Uh, that is that I think with fantasy novels, above all other genres, um, they quite often have. The sort of idea of building towards an event, so uh, t- building towards and getting the characters uh, ready for this major event that's going to happen. So, for example, in the first book, you've got young Simon, what's his face, Seawoman Simon. Uh, he's kind of a young kid. Uh, he doesn't. Re- he's just floating through life and basically not paying attention to anything. Throughout the course of this book, he's f- Basically, he's man. He's developing into a man, a strong, powerful. He starts to grow a beard, as evidence of manliness. Uh, He learns a sword. He uh, faces a dragon and kills it. What? Hey, you can't go wrong with that. That was a little anticlimactic, that whole dragon fight. Actually, now that I think about it, it was almost by accident that he killed the dragon. Still cool. Uh, So we're preparing him for this last battle. Uh, not only that, but the entire world around him uh, is, is sort of moving in a... That's a word that I uh, see in paper, but I, I don't know if I've ever, ever said. Inexolerably. Mm Fairly certain I said that wrong. Uh, <laughs> is working towards good versus evil battle at the end. Uh, it, it's like every step along the way might not seem like it's having anything to do with that but then as we move on we learned more and more often that that things are headed towards uh good versus evil right now um uh, what has happened in this let me give you a little wiki description of this one because quite often they are amusing Uh, So this book is Stone of of Farewell. Uh, Now known as Simon Snowlock because of the white tuft of hair on his forehead, the former kitchen boy continues his arduous journey in the service of the rebel rebel prince Joshua, uh, brother to the human high king. Why do they put human in brackets? Uh, He enters the last great citadel of the Scythi. Ooh. Um, okay, so that's that's sort of where we are, I guess. Uh, this book, as with quite often fantasy novels, jumps around between a large cast of characters, which I enjoy. Uh, rating-wise, if I didn't say 5 out of 5, I am saying it now! Hmm... Today's game and sponsor is Umbrella Corporation Dog Training School. Okay, so I have for you today a little blast from the past, which I feel has been a bit of a trend lately. What with the Terraria, and what else did I play? Half Life. Oh yeah, definite there. Um, just recently, in fact, I think it's still on, but it's probably will be over by the time this airs. Uh, uh, Steam had a sale in which uh, Capcom games were on sale. Uh, was it just Capcom? Anyways, uh, a, stale, a, stale, a stale sale involving the fact that all the Resident Evil games were on sale. Ooh. Uh, so, because I have enjoyed them in the past, I decided to get, and it came in like a bundle, Resident Evil 4, 5, and 6. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, <coughs> as you do in a case like this, you start by playing Resident Evil 4, which, uh, I beat in, like, a weekend. I was kind of, was it a weekend? Or, a weekend and change. I beat it pretty quick, which, uh, I'd played it before and didn't remember being so good at it, so, yay. Uh, plus cheating. Uh, anyways, if you haven't played Resident Evil games, um... They're hard to describe because they're not really like anything else. They're strange because they've got that sort of Japanese influence. Uh, your character is always difficult to control and move around. Uh, they improve that with time, but still. I, I don't know why they can't just copy from a game that is very good at doing it. It's always that sort of... you, like Especially in this one, you can't run and shoot at the same time. Uh, turning <laughs> normally in a game, you could sort of run and turn at the same time here it's almost like you have to go forward, turn forward turn, turn forward, turn forward. It's a very strange, awkward feel to it um that that's well known of this series uh you'll get over that as long as you can get over that uh and and have some fun at the ridiculousness of not just killing zombies. But uh, evil corporations, uh, strange little boy zombies, uh, giant arms poking out of zombies that weren't there a moment before, uh, throwing out the law of conservation of mass, uh, things of that nature. Flying zombies, uh, giant eyeball zombies, just freakish, freakish monsters to behold. Uh, Some of... Within the Resident Evil series as a whole, some of the the craziest uh, boss-looking things that you'll ever see, um, which I always enjoy. I, I'd rather have a unbelievable, over-the-top, uh, ridiculous-looking. Sh- <laughs> the, the craziest one I remember. I can't. I think it might have been from Bayonetta. Was this giant, bare-breasted girl who had like. Uh, her bad guys would come out of her nipples or something like that. Like just the crazier the better. I love, uh, and this game does it well. Maybe not the best, but definitely well. Uh, so yeah, as I say, uh, I beat Resident Evil four, uh, five and six. I'm having problems where they keep crashing. Although that was just this weekend. I'll give you a little behind the scenes action. Uh, it is Easter weekend, and it's been a bit of a write-off as far as consumption of media in general, as you can imagine. Uh, the combination of family stuff as well as power outages and internet outages uh, have made it hard to get anything done. So, uh, I think I lost a week as far as podcasting, so maybe I won't be five weeks ahead. i will only be four weeks ahead. Four. Shame. Uh, Okay, so Resident Evil 4, after my... uh, This would be my second playthrough from when it first came out. Did I have it on the GameCube? Oh, Jesus. Probably PlayStation. Anyways, uh, rating-wise... I'd go 3 to maybe even 4. Yeah, it's it's a good game. 5 and 6, I'll try to get them up and running. Um, Again, 5 I did play back in the day. Uh, 6 I never did, so... We'll see, fingers crossed, zombified, giant finger shooting out at you crossed. Ha Charlie, Charlie bit me. Oh. Friday, Friday, gotta get down. Toast the hey, Is this real life? Internet intercourse. I like turtles. Today's Internet Intercourse sponsor is NVR Glasses, which of course are non virtual reality glasses, aka glasses. Huh. Uh, item the first, Who Charted? Yes. Live Out South by Southwest? Yes. With guests Scott Ackerman and Paul F. Tompkins? Yes, yes. My voice went very high at that because uh, this was a podcasty goodness oozing with well goodness gracious great balls not of fire just great balls uh, yeah so uh, if you're a fan of podcasts you are possibly a fan of who charted. If you are a fan of podcasts, you are likely have heard the podcasts you listen to uh, be recorded at South by Southwest. Because along with music and, I think, movies, I guess, uh, they also quite often have podcast folks come down and record live episodes. Um, also, last but certainly not least, Scott Ackerman and Paul F. Tompkins, two titans, or titans, if you prefer, in the world of podcasting, all combine to make Really, just an undescribable thing. And so I won't. Uh, item the second uh, I was there too with guest Gilbert Godfrey. Ah, and other podcasts. Yeah, I think I went podcast crazy in this particular internet intercourse. Uh, I was there too. T-O-O, is a podcast with host uh, Matt Gourley, who talks to people from movies. Ooh, what's new about that, you might say? Sounds pretty, like, well-trod ground, you might say. To that, I would reply, no, because he takes people who were in the movie but were secondary, tertiary, working on the movie, key grips. (laughs) I don't think he's had a key grip yet. Uh, just people like... Uh, oh, shoot, with some good examples? Well, this one's not a great example because the the character of Gilbert Godfrey was in the movie a fair amount. Uh, he spoke to Gilbert Godfrey of his role in the movie Aladdin, in which he was the parrot Iago. So normally he would pick a character that was in the movie perhaps even less than that. Oh, well, you know what? I think he did Alien or Aliens, and he picked one of the... The Grunt guys, I think, from Aliens. Anyways, like a a character who doesn't really have much of a role, but has cool little tidbit, cool little behind-the-scenes stories from these giant movies. So uh, a small role, although there is no small role, small roles, uh, from a giant movie to see, to sort of see it from a different perspective, a perspective that most likely you've never heard of a movie spoken of about from there by... Oh boy. Uh, Okay, yeah, so this is definitely uh, my favorite of these things, just because Gilbert Gottfried is fucking hilarious and incredibly dirty, which this podcast normally is not dirty, but if you're going to have Gilbert Gottfried on, it's going to veer into that uh, territory, so highly recommend Okay, uh, next, moving on to PlayStation VR coverage. Oh, yeah, uh, so uh, PlayStation VR just uh, got announced uh, when it would be out and how much it's going to be, and unfortunately, it's too expensive for me, and doesn't sound like it's as good as, say, uh, Oculus Rift or HTC Vive, which I guess you get what you pay for, so... uh, The the coverage of it is interesting. Uh, I'd love to test it out, but uh, at this point, I think it's like when... uh, like plasma flat screen TVs first came out. Although, incredible. You, your average Joe, like myself, kind of has to wait for the price to uh, go down before he can afford it. So, it's more of a waiting game now, which is kind of sad. Uh, next item, Reggie Watts performs on Conan and appears on the Nerdist podcast with Chris Hardwick. Yes! Uh, similar to Scott Ackerman... Mr. Reggie Watts of Comedy Bang Bang podcast and television show fame. Uh, Reggie Watts is a, geez, how would you describe, C- comedic, musical, performery dude. Uh, recommend anything he does. Uh, search for clips of him on YouTube of his songs. Uh, he's got an amazing. Uh, comedy special called why shit so crazy that i have watched a couple of times now which comedy specials it's kind of you watch it and it's rare for you to go and revisit it because you know all the jokes but uh with him it's different because it's music incredible music as well folks oh shoot out of time it's nice to be nice to the nice This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean butts. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email jordan.maywood at gmail.com. I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory.